you know, I always say it's hard to determine from the outside whether I'm playing or working. You know, it's all like a life, beautiful, you know, experiment and, you know, living your life and weaving business into that having it all, you know, because it's not about, not all about money, it's much more about life and lifestyle. And that's one of the things I greatly value about the culture here in Hawaii. Welcome to Dig's Influencer Podcast, the Titans of Real Estate. The show that provides direct access to the real estate industry's top movers and shakers as they share invaluable insight on how to best navigate and succeed in any market. I'm your host, Warren Dow, founder and CEO of M3 Media and publisher of Diggs Magazine. In this episode, Neil Norman. Thank you to our show sponsor, Bo Concept. Hello, Neil. Hello. So good. Thanks for taking the call. We're just going to chat. So no big pressure here. We're just going to have a little chat. I can do a chat. Cool, man. So so welcome to the show. So give us like your 60-second bio, if you could. My 60-second bio is, you know, I'm a 62-year-old surfer from the East Coast that moved to Kauai in 1985, around 30 years old fell in love with this place and fell in love with the people and the surf and the culture. I was always on the hunt for the perfect spot and found it in Hawaii, in the Hawaiian Islands. And as a kid, I was always a builder, designer, fixer. And at 19, I bought my first house in Southern California in Encinitas, a little town called Encinitas. Oh, yeah. And I borrowed money and did what I could and bought a little house and my first project, full-blown project at 19, I redid a house in that little coastal community of Encinitas and got my first taste of real estate, remodeling, buying, selling, and you know, fell in love with it. And I've literally been doing it ever since. I have three kids, beautiful kids that were all born and raised in Hawaii and beautiful wife, live on the beach in front of two great surf spots, have a very successful real estate practice had some great employees and have been involved in many different aspects of real estate from building, development, brokering, and, you know, love what I do, love the process, love the dreams that are made and the homes that we sell and the land that we sell to people. And I love staying involved through development stages with people and help them design and connect with the right people to get their jobs done. And then many clients are long-term friends of mine have a great life and live in a really small, beautiful, tight community. And uh, life revolves around the ocean and fishing and surfing. And we do lots of other things. We travel quite a bit. But, you know, real estate is what we do for a living. And, you know, very happy and with how it's all gone. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So, you know, what's funny is it seems like the most successful agents, like in the U.S. and different areas, they approach it almost like a lifestyle. Versus a business and like your story, that 60 second bio was more, it's like less business. It's more setting up your lifestyle and having the business sort of weave into it, right? Yeah, I think, you know, I always say it's hard 
to determine from the outside whether I'm playing or working. I kind of leave others to decide <laughs> how to figure that out. But it's all, you know, it's all like a life, beautiful, you know, experiment and, you know, living your life and weaving business into that and having it all, you know, because it's not about, it's not all about money. It's much more about life and lifestyle. And that's one of the things I greatly value about the culture here in Hawaii. Yeah, for sure. And you also, tell us also about, you also founded an organic farm, right? You know, along with the building passion, I've always been really passionate about plants, palm trees, organic foods. And so in 1985, you know, my first project in Hawaii was a home on a small farm and we created a palm tree farm, an exotic palm tree farm. And we always grew things organically and didn't get that much bang for our buck in the sense that we were protecting the earth by growing organically, but we weren't creating something that was food. So after that, about 15 years of that, we created what's called Hawaii Organic Farms that still exists. And it became the largest ginger and turmeric producer in the state. And we ended up growing turmeric and ginger for whole foods and wild oats. And, you know, very passionate about it, but it was too cumbersome of a job. Farming is the, I think the greatest thing you can do, but it's a very difficult job. It didn't give me, literally didn't give me enough time to surf and do my real estate work. And so after a while, we sold that. That was my last farm that I've had. That operated and was very successful. Like I say, it's still going on. And we sold that in 2000 to get back to focus on my real core business, which was real estate. Cool. Interesting tie-in, you know, the whole farming and, you know, it's hard work and ginger and turmeric are, they're great for you too, right? They're like the, what do they call that? Superfoods or something? Yeah, they're medicinal. You know, they're phenomenal for digestion. We grew a bunch of exotic fruits as well. Sugarloaf, pineapple, lychee, and long gone, and even noni. And we had a products company that we made dressings and sauces and we sold those all over. It was just, it became like business became too forefront and it was too much and it cut into the lifestyle. Yeah. And it really cut into this great business I had created with real estate. So it was just too fragmenting to have both things going on. And so I chose the latter, you know, the, the real estate world to keep on. You know, later we started a company and we sold that to what is now Hawaii Life which is, I would call it the premier real estate company in the state of Hawaii. Yeah, it seems like they're really taking over and they do a really good job, you know, on their brand and their agents and all that stuff. It's awesome. So I had a question for you. So what's your favorite, some of your favorite or your favorite surf spot in Kauai? Is uh, it, I'd have to kill you if I told you. Yeah, so. it's a secret spot, right? I'm sure. We can, we can safely <laughs> say that Hanalei Bay, the point, is a world-class right-hander. Many people know about it. It's kind of like the daily bread here. It's super consistent, gets great winds, and it's kind of where I surf mostly. But there's a bunch of other spots. And, you know, luckily, Kauai has sort of maintained some uncrowdedness that is like that because there's an unwritten rule here that we just don't really talk about the spots, and nobody photographs the spots. And, you know, obviously, crowds are a real problem in surf, so... We're trying to keep what we can. That's know. good. You should, because Kauai is an amazing place. I've been there once, and I was blown away by the beauty, and just the, I was awestruck by just the, it's magical, magical place. 
It really is beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's lush and fertile and, you know, clean and very, very special place. I've never been to a place where so many people look at each other, you know, you run into somebody and they just go, God, we're lucky we live here. Yeah, for sure. And doesn't like the Hawaiian Islands, don't they have the longest in terms of age, longevity? Isn't that true? What do you mean? Longevity? Like they live longer on average than... Question. I, I do not have the I, I heard that somewhere, but it makes total sense, right? If you're living the dream and just like living the aloha, you know, just like, hey, everything's mellow and cool. It's really nice when, you know, the important things are who rides the biggest wave, who catches the biggest fish, and who barbecues the best bit. In fact, we had a friend over last night at dinner from New York, an actor, client. I invited some local friends over and talked story about the old days at Taylor Camp. And for about 60% of the two-hour dinner, we talked about trees and or a single tree. Gotta love it. And the woman was there and she's an actress. And my wife said to her, I said, when you're in LA at a dinner, does this like a conversation? She's like, absolutely not. So <laughs> pretty interesting. No, that's perfect. That sums it up perfectly right there. Hey, by chance, do you know the Irons? You probably do, living there. I know, I know there's many of them. And yes, I know quite a few of them. The Bruce and Andy and, you know, poor Andy, the passing i'm into surfing as well i've been surfing since i was a kid yeah the irons family the boys were you know born and raised here and i'm friends with the parents and of course we know the kids and they're important you know Kauai residents and yeah. really special good people and extremely talented surfers yeah to say the least right yeah so let me ask you let's talk real estate so off mark i got a bunch of questions on real estate but i want to start with like in the south bay where we are, Hermosa Beach, Manhattan Beach, Redondo, PV, that whole, oh. and even in the west side, like off-market listings, not on MLS, off-market, coming soon, whatever, have become sort of all the rage, like especially at the high end. Is it the same over there? I think there's mixed views. You know, we never have like what you would call, a, what I would call like a mainland San Francisco, LA hot market type situation here. Because it's not a primary market. So, you know, most of what I deal with is in second homes. I don't deal in the primary market. I deal with, you know, a much higher end home than what you would call like, you know, average price or median price. I don't really deal in medium price. So we, we deal in high end residential, which therefore is second home, third home, fourth, maybe fifth home for some people. So you're dealing with an emotional buyer. We don't have a lot of transactional volume. It's not about how many sides and how many sales we make. For me, it's, you know, we have a lot of very, very beautiful properties. When someone wants to have an off-market, which I always carry quite a few off-market properties, some people think that because these properties are so special, they keep a more special nature, a perceived special nature, when they're not listed because they can, average can be three, four, 500 days on market here. Mm -hmm. You gotta get the right buyer because you're just not dealing with a, a barrage of offers like you may with a great property in Los Angeles or Southern Cal, like where you are, you know, or Malibu. And we typically sell below asking price, you know, by five to 10%. So we never have the situation where you put it on the market and, you know, you wait one week and you have six offers and they're all above asking. I've never been in a market like that. I always tell my LA and Malibu broker friends, I wish I would just like to come in and do that for like a few weeks <laughs> to see what that's like. Right. The frenzy. So 
So I tell people, you know, it depends on your motivation, but if you're truly just waiting for that super special bar, sometimes assessing real value is very difficult at the high end. There's so few transactions. It's not a science. It should be a science because appraisal is science. But, you know, we have a lot of random market occurrences here that just, you know, someone just falls in love. It's completely emotional. It's not like they're buying a house. It's close to their job. They don't need the house, but they want the house or the property. That's my 90% of my transactions are like that. Yeah, it makes sense. So, and you've got a beautiful $70 million listing is that the high water mark like i know it's right now that's the most highest price listing but what's like the record sale over there i think you know a lot of the sales we've done several deals that were 40 million and even 50 million but they were amalgamations of you know several properties but bought by one party mm-hmm. or an estate so you can look at it you won't see the records of 40 or 50 because it might have been three or four purchases of 10 or 12 each so the highest, we did do a transaction that was well over $125 million, but it was several parcels, and it's not something I can talk about. I can talk about that there was a transaction like that. And it was, you know, hundreds of acres. It was beachfront. And that the highest transaction I've ever done is that, that was vacant land, but it was a, over a half a mile of beachfront, private swimming coves and beautiful land, you know, more than over 500 acres. And that's the strongest deal we've ever done here. And 70 million is currently the highest listing in the state for a residence. And then we have done a few deals that totaled at 43 one was, and then one was 49.5. And we just completed one a couple of weeks ago of 39.5. Wow, big numbers. And, and you deal with a lot of celebrities, right? That are buying and selling over there. Like I know you did Julia Roberts. Yeah. So, you know, the typical owner and second homeowner in Hawaii is probably going to be from the West Coast, you know, odds. So call it 50, 60, 70% are going to be from either somewhere between San Francisco and San Diego, and then some smatterings of Seattle and Portland people. And then there's quite a bit of ski area people, Aspen, Jackson Hole, Squaw, you know, Tahoe, those kinds of people, Colorado people, Vail people. They come over here and then, you know, typically the New Yorkers don't come, but we do have some New York buyers and East Coast buyers, Virginia Beach buyers and surfers. And so what's up is my career has been mostly Los Angeles based and my first sale ever. I always kind of say this. So I was a real estate developer before I was a broker and I had a realtor who owned a company. And when she sold me my first property in Hawaii, she sort of said, Neil, why don't you come and you know, get a real estate license and do brokerage too. And I did. And my first sale happened to be Graham Nash from Crosby, Stills and Nash. That was the first deal I ever did. And it was an entree into the music and celebrity world from Los Angeles. And you know that this is a referral business. So for many years, many years and continuing that the referral business is like the gift that keeps giving if you do a great job. And so it's been a lot of celebrities. And in the last few years, there's been so much wealth generated in, in the Northern California area that it's kind of transmitted to that now. And, and more of my deals, bigger deals are happening with young people, younger type people from Silicon Valley. Yeah. Looking for a personal stylist for your home? 
Check out Bow Concept. One of their design consultants can help you make the most out of your space. No request is too big or small for living, dining, sleeping, home office, and outdoor spaces. And check out their Southern California showrooms in Orange County and Costa Mesa and also in Los Angeles and La Brea. For more information, visit Bow Concept at bowconcept.com. Email info at bowconcept.la. The wealth effect is, it's been crazy here as well. And the South Bay Manhattan Beach is you know, new all-time high, breaking records on the Strand. Malibu's continuing to break records, just had a hundred-plus million-dollar sale. Yeah, my good friend did that deal. That was just unreal. That was my good friend's house as well. Yeah, there's so, and there's bigger developments going on right now. I just saw recently, just this week, Paul Allen just listed for $150 million some land in, like, it's in Beverly Crest, or I forget the area, but... Oh, really? Yeah. Hilltop, and I forget how many acreage, but it's prime, prime land. Do you know who was the listing agent on that? I should have studied that up before. Was it Williams and Williams, or was it Rick Highland? No, it was Highland. Yeah, it's Highland. It's Highland, yep. Yeah, so Highland, you know, as a friend of mine, good guy, we do things together. He's got listings that are astronomical. Like, we were talking that there's going to be a half a billion dollar listing, or there may already be. Yeah, there is. I think there's not one yet, but I know they're building one back in that area. I think that's the one he's representing, but I'm pretty sure there's a 250 or more. I'm fairly certain. Yeah, there's a 250. I think they've reduced it, but there's been some crazy new development. And that's, those are spec homes. I mean, it's like, can you imagine? It really, <laughs> truly is hard to imagine. <laughs> I mean, carrying carrying that on, on a spec home, it's like, okay. Sure. But it's the wealth is just, this is why, like you said in the beginning, value is hard what does it really mean when you're at the uber you know we call them rock star digs like that's our the uber high end like beauty is in the eye of the behold it's like it's what you want to pay and what you know there's a story here there's a guy that developed uh three lots on the strand in manhattan manhattan beach right on the strand and some big hedge fund or some wealthy person wanted to buy it and it wasn't for sale and they had the agent approach the owner and said well you know Basically, what would you take for it? It's not for sale, not for sale. Anyway, long story short, he comes back and offered him $150 million. And he said no. <laughs> oh, wow. He said no. And he said the reason was, and I'm, I don't know if I'm getting this exactly right uh, in terms of the what was said, but the gist of it is, hey, I've got a lifestyle. I wake up, I play volleyball on the beach. Like, this is the best place on the world to live. Why would I move? Like, what's the price? There's no price to... Right. Yeah, so it's priceless. Sometimes when I'm discussing like with a very wealthy potential buyer, and you're discussing how much something may cost, and it's, it's astronomical, and maybe it's never been achieved before, and the person's worth you know hundreds or multiple billions of dollars, let's say, and you say, what's the exchange worth for you to take the fifty million that it would cost to buy this property, and to have that? stay in the bank and earn its interest. And I get it, I grant it, it's a lot of money and all that. But what's the exchange? How much can you put a price on the joy you're going to have for the next, you know, your years on the earth? Maybe you've got 20 or 30 or 40 left, but then you have grandkids and kids, grandkids, and they'll have grandkids. And, you know, the memories and the, the children that'll be born and the surfing and the, you know, now foiling and, you know, all the different things you're going to be doing on that beautiful property. You just can't exchange it, and that will go deep into someone's psyche and, and soul to like, yeah, you're right. Like the 50 doesn't, it never give me that joy. 
Yep, yep. So let me ask you a fun question, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want, but I thought it would be fun to ask you, like, what's the biggest real estate check you've ever cashed, like commission? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I feel comfortable discussing that. That's no worries. I, I thought I would throw it out there because it's like, you know, people who are not in your business, our business, they're always enamored by like, oh my gosh, how much money do they, you know, these guys make selling this $10 million home or this, you know? So what they don't understand, it's like, it's hard work too. It's like, yeah. it's not just show up, get your license and start making a million bucks a year. It's tough. I mean, it's yeah. arguably one of the uh, toughest jobs. It's safe to say, and I tell sort of when I'm mentoring younger people, I always say the great thing about real estate, it's unlimited. You can make hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands. You can make millions. You can make billions of dollars. There's no limit because real estate is really an unlimited. So it's a good category of business to be into if you're good at it. If you're good at telling the truth and good at you know doing all the work that it takes to be a good realtor or a good broker. You know, it's a lot yeah. of work. It's not like I'd never say this is easy work. Yeah. But, but it is nice to get paid for the hard work. So picking a category where, you know, you could make a lot of money and you may make a lot of money is kind of the case. So, yeah, there's been some great paydays. It's been a joy. And, you know, we just keep doing our good work and keep telling the truth and keep, you know, keep the integrity. Yeah. Up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the the industry's changing so much, too. I being in the business, I watch closely what's happening with the direct-to-consumer model, the iBuyer, you know, with the whole, you know, Redfin, Zillow, discount brokerage model, Compass now with, you know, a public company coming in with lots of money. The landscape has been wildly disrupted and it's changing. What are your views on that? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I have pretty clear views on that. So when I first was faced with a very big competitor who was coming into the market, in Hawaii, and they said, you know, kind of join us or watch out, we're going to take you down. And I said, you know what, you may be able to overtake me in the low end and the medium end stuff, but I believe that in the high end world, a high end purchase, a guy or a person, you know, buyer is going to want to talk to the person who is referred to them personally from one of their friends who's bought through that person. That's how I would want to do it. So I kind of often try to put myself in my own shit. I am in my own shoes, but I put myself in someone else's shoes. And I think that I've probed enough of the buyers that I know that would never just take it all the way down the road, you know, on the internet. I use it as a tool for information and I use it as a tool for being efficient, but I don't think you can replace a good, honorable, super smart, intelligent guy out there, woman or guy, anybody out there showing a property, discussing it, you know, vesting, you sort of having a vested relationship with that person and creating a trust and a bond that lasts a very long time. And, you know, I've done many of my deals over, you know, 35 year career. I've been, you know, multiple, multiple properties back and forth sold or purchased from one person. And I just don't see that, you know, maybe if you buy a condo, you're going to do 90% of your work online. But when it comes to a five, 10, 15, $20 million property, it's going to be that person who has that kind of money is going to want to talk directly to the horse's mouth, so to speak. No, I agree. So, this, the high end's very, I think, insulated from a lot of the tech and the, you know, the, definitely the discount. It's back to the network effect and, you know, the high end beats to a different drum for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's a very good place in the world for the Redfins and the Zillas. 
but there's nothing like, you know, I mean, even this conversation is a very direct, you can hear the intonation in my voice. I can hear the intonations in your voice, the subtleties, and there's a lot to that. Yep. I can hear a dog barking too, which is cool. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So I know we got it. We're getting close on time here, but I want to ask you a few things on some of your peers. Like, do you have any marketing tips or tips, you know, leadership type advice for people either that are, you know, looking to make the leap from good to great, you know, in terms of they've been in the business for a while or just someone starting out? Yeah. I mean, I think I have some real key things. I always tell people that it's a business of networking. It's a business of trust and it's a business of the hard work and the knowledge is going to get you farthest. I always say the harder I work, the luckier I get, you know, and yeah, so when I teach young brokers who work for me or, you know, we always say much better to tell somebody, you know, I'll get back to you with the answer to that question that I don't currently have the answer to than trying to come up. I see so often people trying to just come up with an answer just to look like they're smart. Yeah, I think that's rule number one. To don't fall into that trap. Just you'll get back with the answer. Now, obviously, if you have a lot of answers, you're going to be looking smart, but just don't ever BS your way through that. Yeah. The other thing is, is just, you know, it's like anything, like the common thread of successful people, I think, is the hard work because, you know, there's always going to be some factor of will, skill and luck. And I think the will is probably the strongest thread. That's the hard work. And skill, you know, obviously you're not going to get that far without some good skills, but skills you can figure out. You can work hard to get more skillful. And then, you know, right place at the right time is a little bit of luck and hard work all combined. So, Well stated, well said. Do you guys, you know, the cryptocurrency phenomenon that's going on right now, do you guys, have you, have you had any Bitcoin transactions? Any of these I deals? Not. I've certainly been semi-deeply looking into it and very interested in myself and have clients that are Bitcoin, early adopters of Bitcoin. And I even went to the point of, you know, getting together with a couple of my escrow buddies that run escrow companies that see if we could get a vehicle for doing those transactions. And the truth is that we haven't evolved it yet. So I have not seen one. I've not been involved with one. I've been asked before, but it's never come to like, you know, hey, I can buy this with Bitcoin only, let's make it happen. That has not happened yet. And if that does happen, I'll be way open to making that happen for that person. Yeah, that's something that's, there's been a few deals in Manhattan Beach that happened entirely with Bitcoin. So it's definitely something that's going to continue to evolve and we got to pay attention to. Did it go through a conventional escrow company? That's a great question. It went through an escrow company that created like a non-traditional portion of it or something. They figured out a way to do it, but it wasn't, I don't think it was a large, you know, traditional escrow company. I think it was a, they found a way to do it through a subsidiary or something. Got it. I'd love to share that. If you could share yeah. that with me, if you know more about it, I'd love to hear about no, that. No, I can definitely, I could ask the agent who, yeah, he found this company. That's who, how he was able to do it. <clears throat> I'd love to hear about that. Okay. So that's on my to-do list. Okay. So why don't we wrap up? You've given me a lot of time. Thank you so much. And I think we've learned a lot about you and what's happening in the real estate market over there. And my wish list, I got to get over there and, and, you know, go surfing with you. You got to do that. You got to come check out. We're about to release some great ads with you, I believe, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Coming out this week and you've got your $70 million gorgeous Kauai estate compound. 
it's 15 acres, right? On 15 acres, oceanfront? It's 15 acres, correct. It's on two parcels, side by side, 15 acres. It's roughly a 12,000 square foot, just magnificent house above a just an incredibly beautiful secluded beach they call secret beach it's a beautiful spot it gets every now and then it gets perfect little beach break waves in the summertime or sometimes even in the winter there's a lighthouse on the east side of the beach and probably over a mile and a half of beach just fantastic spot that's amazing so what you're saying is i just to get my own little secret surf spot in Kauai, i gotta buy that pad for 70 million right you can do that <laughs> you can't handle that there's a couple all right i'm gonna check them out for sure all right neil well hey thank you so much we'll definitely check in with you from time to time to see what's happening in the markets over there okay warren great to talk to you and thanks for the call i'll talk to you soon you got it thank you all right bye-bye now and that wraps up this episode thank you for tuning in and we hope you found some value please share subscribe and leave a review Find us on iTunes and your favorite podcast provider. Until next time.